Welcome to the Marketing Plan Podcast, where you'll find expert marketing advice for business owners and marketers who want real results. We bring you industry experts to give you advice on how to create more buzz around your brand. So buckle up and turn up the volume, because here comes our host, Sherry Benelli. We're going to take on the world. Today, we are happy to have Ray Higdon from the Higdon Group and CEO and founder of Rank Makers Community as our guest. Welcome, Ray. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, I am excited because Ray is a best-selling author, coach, and speaker. And like many successful entrepreneurs, he had a few fumbles and stumbles along the way. Like myself, Ray went from bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar successful company. We love to hear success stories like that. Ray loves teaching people about how to find their voice and understand their worth. And so, Ray, I am really interested in learning more about your story, especially how you went from bankruptcy to running a successful business and how you, you know, what role you played in marketing and how you went from that you know, down, 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 deep in the uh, despair, because I was actually in that same situation. Yeah. I had a successful e-commerce business. Mm. We got sucked into a class action lawsuit that wasn't our mm. fault. Um, and I had to file bankruptcy as well and had to kind of start over from scratch. So I ended up losing a successful business and had to kind of readjust as well. And it it's, can really be a bummer and right. can really take sure. away a lot of your energy. So yeah. how did, you know, just real quick, how did, how did you do that? Uh, so how did I go from losing did, it all to, I guess real quick before, you know, before yeah. we get too deep into it, how did you not suffer from severe depression? Like I did. Oh, oh, I did. Um, so, you know, after, so I was in real estate here in the state of Florida as an investor. So, but to translate that, I was really a marketer. Um, I was marketing property. I was marketing to pick up for sale by owner homes. I was marketing for buyers and we would wrap them up in contracts and sell the contracts. So we okay. moved hundreds of contracts that way. Some people call that wholesaling. Some people call that contract assignment. And, and so things were rocking and rolling. In the meantime, I had picked up 37 rental units. And so, you know, things were really looking great. And when the market crashed, that affected loans, that affected uh, rents, that affected everything to do with, with real estate. And I got wiped out. And so here I was, uh, dead broke, personal foreclosure. I went through a divorce. I'm over a million dollars in debt because I had pulled equity out of, out of my house. I pulled equity out of some of the rental homes. And so million dollars in debt. And uh, after the foreclosure, I'm sleeping on my buddy's couch and I'm getting blackout drunk multiple times a week. And, and I just hate myself like with every fiber of my being because I really associated my net worth with my self-worth and didn't really know what I was going to do. And I didn't plan it this way for sure. But, you know, someone invited me to a three-day event and I go to this three-day event thinking, hey, maybe I'll get an idea on making money because I tried so many different things. And what I got was that I needed to repair the relationship with my dad who I hadn't talked to in 13 years. And so it was actually something very non-businessy that um, did something to me to open me up to turn the corner and, and start making money again. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Cause I know a lot of businesses, especially entrepreneurs go through those 
ups and downs and mm-hmm. you know it happens i think to a lot of us so thank yeah. you for sharing that with us because i know that's hard it's a hard thing to admit and i don't tell very many people and now i've just told the whole world my story but it's really hard to admit that so thank you for admitting that because like i said a lot of people don't want to admit that they've been through that type of scenario yeah. and yeah, i agree vulnerability it's magic I agree. I agree. So thank you for sharing that. I I know that that will make a lot of people feel better, especially to know that there's hope. And you're going to share today some of the marketing strategies that you've used to be successful at your business. So I am so looking forward to that. But before we get started, I need to ask you a really tricky question. So are you, are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. Thanksgiving or New Year's Eve? Uh, Thanksgiving now. Yeah. Got the little kids, seeing the little kids around the other family members. Thanksgiving. Awesome. Great. Do do they have to sit at the little kitty table or do they get to sit at the big table? It depends. Sometimes, sometimes we travel. Sometimes we have everyone at our house. So it depends. This year, I feel like we're traveling. I think we're traveling. So it'll probably be a little different this year. Awesome. That's great. Oh, I love that answer. That's perfect. Nice job. So you, you, you're you scoring. You're on your way. This is great. Great, great interview awesome. so far. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, there you go. There you go. So on this podcast, we like to share real concrete advice on marketing strategies that businesses can go out and use to help grow their business. And when it comes to marketing companies and products and services, social media is really a strategy that most companies can use. And during other interviews, uh, I did one with Jason Portnoy and we were talking about, you know, social media and Facebook, for instance, and, you know, I'm an SEO gal for the most part, but Jason raised a really good point. He said, you know, if Facebook isn't working, it's because it's not working the way you're doing it, you know? Because I was like, well, you know, sometimes plumbers really aren't great for Facebook. And he gave an example of how a plumber client of his was killing it on Facebook, you know? And so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, any other number of platforms like the video platforms like YouTube or, or like newer platforms like Rumble. Um, I know that you like using social media to help market your business and that's kind of helped you grow your business over the years. Are there certain strategies you recommend to businesses for using social media to help grow their business? And could you, you know, maybe tell us some of the strategies that you've used that has helped your companies? Sure. Um, so, you know, there's one understanding the, the lay of the land, right. Where, you know, for example, you know, YouTube more a search engine and the rest, you know, not a social media necessarily. And, and the rest are social media. And and I agree with what your friend said, um, right now. So if we, if we step back a second and we look at marketing as a whole, you want to always be getting your information in front of people that don't know you but may have interest in what it is that you offer or sell or serve or problem you solve, whatever. And the best way in history, from my perspective, to do that right now, at least, is short videos. And so, you know, TikTok really broke the mold with their very different algorithm of, you know, they just, where Facebook up until recently would just show your stuff to a percentage of people that knew you or followed you. And if it did well, they'd show it to a little bit more, but never a bunch. 
And TikTok just said, hey, who do we think likes this, whether they know them or not? And so now Facebook has incorporated Reels, which it seems like it's kind of random on who has more viral accounts. We happen you know, to have a, a pretty good account. Our Facebook Reels in the last week, two of them have over 800,000 views. Wow. And so this short video is now, as of probably a year and a half ago, maybe two, um, is now the top of the marketing food chain and that that is the lowest investment, lowest risk, fastest way to get your message in front of people that don't know you. And so the neat thing is they all, you know, talk. So, you know, we typically find a trending thing on TikTok, we'll snag it, wipe the logo off, put it on Instagram Reels, uh, Facebook Reels now and, and TikTok. And, you know, TikTok is, you know, like all of them, it's kind of random. You don't know which one's going to get 100,000 views and which one's going to get 500 views. But if you get a system down, they're pretty fast and easy to do. So whatever it is that, that you're doing, I, I would absolutely be doing short videos, getting them in those three spots. And then YouTube comes in or blogs or whatever long form you prefer that comes in on the people that, you know, see that run into your short videos and want to learn more from you. And so we do I upload, you know, 20 longer form YouTubes a month, usually 12 minutes or more, uh, but I'll do 20 of those every month, upload those and intercept some of the, you know, search engine traffic and whatever else. To me, marketing wise, those are the one two punch. Advertising is a different animal in that it takes a different brain to run that. Mm -hmm. You know, the purpose of advertising is to create the ability to spend more. And to do that, you have to track every single nuance. So some people that are good over here aren't good over there, but, um, you know, that would be another, you know, component. So if you look at, at marketing as how, how can I get my message across number one, and how can I get in front of more people that don't already know me? Short videos nails that for sure. Find trending videos and sounds and just figure out ways to mix your message in figure out ways to, to take the trending, you know, weird sound sometimes, and it doesn't have to be a dance, mix in your message with captions or text or, or whatever. That would be my number one suggestion right now. So you actually are on TikTok and then you basically take a trending video and then I'm not a TikTok user, perhaps yeah. I should be, but then there's ways of kind of adding your video to their video and kind of piggybacking off their success, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a few ways to do it. The most common way is to take the trending sound. Okay. So like, um, for example, when I did this morning was I actually have the notes right here. When I did this morning was it's a sound of Thor from Avengers and he's trying to get into a building or something like that. So it's like, you know, what's your access code Thor access denied uh, Thor, son of Odin, God of thunder. And eventually it goes to point break, which is what Tony Stark put him in as, right? So okay. it's a joke, but you put your own spin on that. So for me, it was trying to get more views on video. And so it'll flash business tips, access denied, relationship advice, access denied, money-making tips, access denied. And it goes on and on and on. And the end is uh, success flex videos, which for whatever reason is the videos that my, of mine that seem to go crazy. So if I'm flexing in my you know, and I don't mean physical flexing, right. but like, you know, like I used to be broke. Now I have Inc. 5,000 company. Uh, now I'm a millionaire, that, that kind of stuff that, you know, years ago, I just, I just wouldn't do because it just, they make me cringe, but they're getting 800,000 views. So I'm like, you know what? I'll take the hater comments. Cause I'm yep. getting a lot of people that are actually interested. 
Totally. So it's, it's doing that in your own way. And, and you mentioned a plumber, funny enough, I used to speak at different high schools in, in my area on being an entrepreneur. And uh, there was a plumber there that all his one strategy was YouTube. And every job he went out on, he would just say, all right, today we got this hair or whatever, right? We got this thing right here and here's what I'm going to do. And, and he said hundred percent of his business comes from YouTube and he seemed like he was doing pretty good. Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, the thing is by doing that, you're building trust, right. right. With potential people so that, you know, when someone does need a plumber or does need a landscaper or does need, you know, yeah. a doctor, for instance, you've got that name recognition, right? you right. know? So for instance, and you, when- and you also have a, a body of work too. Yeah. So like, you know, in this, I mean, I have um, one of the Facebook reels, you know, it's, it's now close to 900,000 views and it has, I think 400 comments, you know, at least a hundred of them are hate, mm-hmm. right? Like you're going to have those. That ain't your house. You're the landscaper, right? I get a lot of those, right? But hundreds of people saying, how'd you do it? Like, how? tell me more. And that's when I'll point them to YouTube. I'll point them to a body of work. I'm not going to have this big, long diatribe with them, but I'll point them to a video that tells them how I did it. Wow. No, that's amazing. That is so amazing. And so a lot of business owners and marketers that are listening to this are probably going to go, okay, Ray's rich. He probably has a big studio lots of video equipment, you know, has video experts that are editing and putting text and special effects and stuff like that. Do you need like a big time video production company to do all this for you? Or is this something you can do with your iPhone? I mean, majority of my stuff is done with an iPhone, but I think, I think, you know, before that, because as of maybe four or five months ago, I do go to a professional studio for YouTube, but I mean, you know, we built the company from scratch to over 5 million a year before we ever used a professional studio. So like, you know, right now I'll turn the, I'll turn the laptop around. So this right here, mm-hmm. this is a diva light from Alibaba express that I got for $42. There you go. Like 42 bucks for that thing. It's 293 bucks on Amazon. I got it on Alibaba express for 42 bucks. And, and so like, you know, and this, you know, this is just a pop-up you know, thing. It's, it wasn't that expensive. So you don't, you don't need, especially for these short videos, like what I'm talking about, the short videos, mm-hmm. no, you just don't need anything fancy. I mean, I'm doing a hundred percent of those with my phone and, you know, my team will add the text. I'll tell them what text to add, but you could absolutely do that on your own for sure. Do you know what tools they're using to edit the videos? Cause I know that's one thing that, you know, I'm not a big professional on is like trying to edit videos. Do you know what tools they're using? Um, Honestly, what, what they're doing is, is TikTok's tools are amazing. Like they're really easy. I mean, I can do it if I have to, right. You know, if I, you know, whatever, but um, they're, they're doing it all in TikTok and then screen recording it, previewing it. So the logo gets knocked off and just taking that screen capture. And that's where they're, that's what they're posting on Facebook reels and Instagram reels, et cetera. So it's really simple. Wow. No, no custom software. That's awesome. That's yeah. totally. So anybody listening can do this, right? For sure. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. That's great. So, you know, content is important to you. I mean, I can tell that just by looking at your websites, yeah. you have several of websites, by the way, and we're going to go ahead and list those on the show notes page. 
But how do you come up with content ideas? I'm wondering, how do you, how do you come up with the different content ideas? You do a lot of videos for YouTube. You said 20 a month. How do you come up with those content ideas? I mean, you know, for YouTube, it's a combination. So I'll I'll give you two strategies, but I'll give you an overriding concept that will help with with everything. So, you know, one, we do look at SEO. We look at, you know, what questions are being asked that we should be intercepting, right? And so it's not, you know, hey, what's low-hanging fruit that doesn't have to do with us, right? You know, like fruit pizza. Right. I remember I wrote an article on that for uh, easing articles years ago. Oh it was my gosh, I remember easing. <laughs> I remember easing, and, yep. <laughs> and so like, it's really a combination of two things. One, we will look at SEO of what should we be intercepting that's in our niche. And then number two, looking at, if you study for YouTube specifically, if you, if you look at YouTube, look at your, you know, the other people in your niche, and look at their most popular videos and any videos that have more views than, than they have subscribers, probably a good title that you would love to be a suggested title for. So I'll come up with something really, really similar to that. Okay. And so those are the two strategies, but the, the you know, kind of overriding strategy that's helped a lot of content creators over the years. And you know, I told this to John Lee Dumas, like, Oh man, a million years ago, he gave me, and he, he talked about it for years and you know, I'd get people say, Hey, John just talked about you. Uh, but it's a concept called ILT invest, learn, teach. Okay. So you invest your time, possibly money to learn something and you can teach it. And anyone that's listening to this definitely can use that strategy or else you wouldn't be listening to this. So you're already investing your time to hopefully learn something. Now just take your notes and translate that to content. And so I just had one of our clients, he messaged me and he's doing, um, he's doing a training for, um, uh, he has a team in the Philippines. And so this guy, he is a, he's a network marketing leader. He has 750,000 in his organization. This guy has made a quarter million a month for 14 years. And he's like, Hey, my, my guys are asking me like, what should they talk about on video? And, you know, they're not, you know, they're not making a lot of money yet. They don't have a lot of results yet. I'm like, well, ILT, man, like just take whatever books they're, they're reading or whatever content they're consuming and, and share, you know, when you share the source, you're not plagiarizing and saying, Mm -hmm. here's my original stuff, right? Hey, I just, you know, I just read, uh, I I saw you have expert secrets, right? So, you know, Hey, I just read expert secrets and my three, three favorite takeaways from this book are back there. Yep. (laughs) And, and so like, that's, that's ILT and the, the authors love it. Um, you know, people love cliff notes. They, they way more people will consume cliff notes and, you know, than the actual book. And, and so, you know, that's how you have a never ending thing. So you, you actually learn that the more I invest in myself, the richer my content becomes because I'm going to share, you know, mm-hmm. like when, you know, I shared that, you know, I hired a grant, you know, I gave him hundred grand for six hours. And every session I made notes and I went live with my clients and said, here, here are this session's notes. And they like loved it. Right. So it's because, because they didn't pay for it. I did. Right. 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 I'm sharing with them what I learned and they, they got to learn from that. They got to look over my shoulder basically. Well, and Grant Cardone's advice is sage advice generally, and very, very valuable advice. So yeah, they were probably thrilled with that. That's awesome. But but that's the way anyone, anyway, you you can watch a documentary. And on Netflix and, you know, okay, write down four or five notes and that, that could become your content. You know, you're just sharing what you're, what you're learning. That's a never ending cycle, hopefully. And, and so like that, you just, you know, and I do, I do get asked that question a lot because I, I did over 11 years 
where I never missed a day of doing a video. Wow. <laughs> and, 11 years so, yeah. and a video. So they were not all like really long videos, but they were definitely videos not every day. Wow. Every day, at least one a day. Yeah. So from July 15th of 2009 to July this year, um, I did at least one video a day. And then oh. I was at a meditation retreat and I'm like, Eh, I'm not going to do it today. Wow. <laughs> you broke your streak. I was, over I was so naughty. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. That is, you know what? That is something to be so proud of. My yeah. gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I will, I will give people out there a tip. So if you do what we recommend here and you go ahead and you, you know, recommend a topic, like for instance, if you're reading Russell Brunson's, one of Russell sure. Brunson's book, for instance, like Ray mentioned, and you, you know, give some tips from that book. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, for instance, tag Russell, because I can bet you that Russell's team is looking for tags for yeah. his books and also for Russell's name. And yeah. sometimes they will reshare what you put out there. Yeah. And sometimes that will get reshared to his audience. And then that also I have found is a good relationship builder. So sometimes sure. you can build relationships with the man himself by doing that. Would you agree? A absolutely. You know, we, um, we call it like the ultimate is ILTEE, -E, right? Invest, learn, teach, execute, edify. And, and so, you know, one, one good example was Stephen Pressfield. So Stephen Pressfield wrote The War of Art, one of my favorite books, just absolutely amazing. And I read it. It was incredible. It blew my mind. I did a blog about it. His agent reached out to me and said, hey, Stephen would love to send you some books. He loved your review. And I said, well, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, I'd love to interview him. Like, that's what I would like. And so I interviewed him and it was, it was awesome. And I've actually had that happen with several authors now. Um, and so like, especially if you have a new book, when the author is hot to trot and they're like, they're accepting interviews they may normally not accept. Like, you know, I mean, I, I did, I think I did like 70 interviews when my book came out and a lot of them were probably not ones I would have done normally, but you're basically doing everything you possibly can to get the word out about your new book. Right. Right. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. That would be a great opportunity to actually reach, like you said, authors that you would not normally have a chance to reach because they're yeah. promoting. So, you know, that just brings us to your time, money and freedom book that mm -hmm. you have out now from Hay House Publishers. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? They, yay, you have a copy of it. That's awesome. Yeah, that is great. So Ray has, Ray and his wife actually wrote a book yeah. and there's some 10 rules to redefine and reshape your life basically. Yeah. And for entrepreneurs primarily, right? Honestly, it's really for anyone that wants to improve their relationships and finances. And so even if you're not uh, an entrepreneur necessarily, you could read this and, and get it. I wanted this to be like anyone who is hungry. So, you know, I've just learned to serve who I used to be. And I remember sitting in a cubicle, hating my job, hating my life, hating my lack of freedom. And this, that, this book would have helped me. Okay. And so that's who I, I tend to, you know, talk to is like, you know, former me. So I've been a workaholic, I came from an abuse, abuse background, um, you know, hated my corporate life. And so like, it's really anybody that wants to improve their finances or relationship. It's not 
not specific to entrepreneur, although I talk about being an entrepreneur, of course. Okay. And you wrote it with your wife. How, how is that? I mean, we, so my wife and I, we've worked together, you know, for maybe 10 years now, actually 11 years we've worked together and our 10 year anniversary is here in a couple of weeks. Happy anniversary. And, and so thank you. And we, um, I mean, we work great together. You know, it, it's cool. You know, we both had our own, you know, take on some, on some of the different chapters because each chapter is a rule with an action step. And so we, we both had our own, you know, things to give to that rule in, in each chapter. And, and it was, it was great. We even uh, recorded the audible. So she recorded the chapters that were more heavy her. And I recorded the chapters that were more heavy me. So it was, it was pretty cool. It took like, man, it took like 40 hours to record this thing. And it's not, it's not a 40 hour book. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I I've spent probably about 10 years in the, in the traditional um, yeah. publishing world. And yeah. so, you know, as a developmental editor, so I got to be the one that like marked up the author's books and stuff yeah. like that. And so I know exactly what that's like. And then I also yeah. recently did a LinkedIn learning course and mm. I was in surprised at how much time that course took to create. And right. so you're right. Definitely. So I would definitely check that out, the book out on um, Amazon. There is a sample audio and it is actually your voice and not your wife, wife's voice, but it's a okay. great, great sample snippet of the book. So definitely I'm going to be ordering it probably today. So Ooh. you guys should all go check that out. Now you primarily focus on network marketing and mm -hmm. coaching, Correct. Yeah, I mean, we our primary market is network marketers. So, like, you know, just this weekend, I was speaking in Vegas at a network marketing event, um, and you know, so we work with network marketing companies, leaders, and and reps, and you know, that's that's what helped me get out of foreclosure. Like when I was dead broke, no one was hiring. You know, credit shot, million dollars in debt. I joined a network marketing company. Long story short, became the number one income earner in that company. And that was before we started our coaching and training business. And, and so we retired, my wife and I, we retired from actively building any uh, company ourselves. Um, so now we just coach and train, you know, the industry, but I just love it because, you know, to me, and I've, I mean, I had a title company, a real estate company, an advertising franchise, um, you know, been, been a, you know, speaker on the road, 22 days a month. I've done, I've done a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. different things as careers. And to me, this, is, you know, network marketing is the lowest risk, lowest, lowest overhead way for the average ordinary person to start a business. And a lot of people that would never have been an entrepreneur come in through network marketing Now, whether they stay or not, that's up to them, but it, this is like a gateway. And some people decide to stay, some people go on to other things, but you know, we're big, we're big advocates of the, of the industry. Nice. And so with regard to network marketing, do you use the same type of strategies as far as marketing efforts go as you would with like any traditional business or are there different strategies that you use because it's a network marketing type of company or business? The only, the only real major difference is, you know, for example, in uh, there was a, there's a chiropractor in our area that he's like, you know, the pregnant mom chiropractor. And, you know, so he's obviously niching to be pregnant moms. Right. And so if you're, if you're in traditional business, 
you, you really have to stand out. You have to, you know, what is your specialty? What is, what is, what are you positioning yourself for? How are you differentiating? And that's, that's the life of mm-hmm. a realtor, of a chiropractor, of, of anybody really like what, what is your specialty and network marketing? It's much more of helping people understand that anyone can do it. And, and so it's, it's just, it's different. It's not you reaching for celebrity status or trying to be the world's expert. It's actually you uh, looking as average and ordinary as possible and, and that you follow a system that anyone can follow. So it reminds me of um, Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth. Yep. He says in there, there's a line in there where he says, you know, the reason McDonald's, you know, rarely go out of business is they were built to be ran by the person with the lowest level of skill, right? So the 18-year-old can probably run the McDonald's. Well, that's, if you can run your network marketing business like that, right? And that doesn't mean everyone's the lowest level of skill, but if you can run it like that, then, you know, you can very easily build a very serious income. You know, my latest client, she brings home a million dollars a month. Wow. And her overhead- From network marketing? From a network marketing company. And her overhead is- a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. A month. Wow. So her issue is taxes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> most <laughs> most restaurants crazy. are profit. Right. Most, right. most entrepreneurs are profit. Hers is taxes. Oh my gosh. And, and so like, you know, you can, if you take on that concept and, and not, you know, try to, you, you don't have to position, you shouldn't position yourself as some kind of Uber expert. And some people do that. And so they'll, they'll cap out their income. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just different, but as far as straight marketing, you know, marketing, um, same kind of advice, you know, out teach your competition. That's a, um, a quote by Jason Fried, one of the co-founders of Basecamp, uh, be so good. They can't ignore you. There's Steve Martin. Right. And I actually so have that saying behind me. Yeah. yeah. I can't see it, but it's great. It's there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, it's, you know, similar. It's, you know, you, you be consistently putting out educational or valuable content. And I define value as do they gain something, whether they purchase or not? That to me, that's a very straight definition of value of if you're sharing meal prep, or if you're sharing, sharing what foods to avoid or parenting tips, then, you know, there's, it's arguable that they walk away with value, whether they buy from you or not. And that's what I would be doing in any business, including network marketing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of businesses, for instance, sell the same products as the company that's down the street. Network marketing is the same thing. So how do you differentiate yourself in that market? So as, as like a non-network marketer, you mean, or, or what do you mean? Well, I mean, just in general, uh, what are your suggestions for differentiating yourself? So to me, as- network marketing is even more difficult because you could have three network marketers in the same area, same city selling the exact same thing. And that kind of equates to local businesses as well, where they're competing against, you know, three businesses that may be selling the same thing. So like, how do you, how do you recommend companies differentiate themselves when they're selling the same things? Yeah. And and it is, and it is different. It would be, it would be different advice for, you know, for the two, for the, for the network marketer, it's say less to more people and don't worry so much about trying to differentiate yourself because whatever you do to differentiate yourself, the person you recruit thinks they have to differentiate themselves. Okay. So the chiropractor isn't teaching everyone that they too can be chiropractors, 
right? Network marketer is. Network marketer is, hey, you can do what I'm doing. So the more they differentiate themselves, the more special and unicorn they are, the less people think they can do what they're doing. That's why salespeople don't usually last in network marketing because they have uber amazing sales skills and they try to translate that through their personality and charisma and skill set, which isn't very duplicatable because I need the tow truck driver to believe he can do it. I need the mechanic. I need the, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. I need every, every occupation to believe they can do what you're doing. Right. Um, when it comes to, on the other side, to me, the easiest one very simple question is what won't my competition do? What won't my competition do? So we just, we ran our annual event um, last month. And we were sitting at, uh, and it was a virtual, virtual event. We were sitting at 2,200 registrations and I wanted to be at 6,000 and we're like 40 days away. Okay. And, and so I'm like, oh man, you know, like the, the team is like, ah. I'm like, all right, all right, let's think about this. Okay. What, what wouldn't the competition do? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the buyers of our main course and I'm, I'm going to give them four weeks of group coaching and a free ticket. So I go and I fulfill four weeks of group coaching, give them a ticket that added, I think, 1500 people, right? So almost doubled it. And then we did, okay, you want to bring an accountability partner, added another thousand. So we end up at 6,800 people. So we had 6,800 people on our virtual and, and it was just by doing things that we know our competition won't do, right? Giving more value, right? Out teaching your competition, and, and so like, that's, that's what I would be doing. So if I'm whatever, fill in the blank, I would take the example of like, look at Lowe's, right? So Lowe's will have, you know, how to lay tile Saturday sessions. You go in there, they teach you, they show you stuff. Other smaller stores aren't probably aren't going to do that, right? That attracts people to it. You happen to sell all the stuff there, right? They're there when I buy something. And, and so like, I, that's how I would think. How can I bring more value to the marketplace than anybody else? What won't my competition do? And and I would focus, you know, very, very heavily on that. Um, You know, you can, you know, be, you know, super specific and, you know, and talk to that exact, you know, person that you're, you're wanting to help. That's going to, that's going to vary by, you know, by what you're doing, right? Because not everyone is a coach. Not everyone is, um, you know, some are selling roofing nails, right? So like, yeah. You know, I would still figure out a way to either make a guarantee that no one else is making or do whatever my competition won't do. So if, and I know it's tough now with supply chain and and everything to do anything in building, but um, you know, if, if I, if I'm a cabinet maker and I find, found out that all the other general contractors were pissed because the cabinets were always installed late then I'm going to make a guarantee that I'm going to, I'm going to install, you know, I'm going to install it on day or there'll be a penalty, right? So I'm going to mix something in that my competition won't do if I'm in a traditional kind of business. Nice. That's great. That's great advice. Cause I think that's one of the things that makes it difficult or that, that businesses have a hard time figuring out when their marketing is what messaging do I give out? That's going to compel a client or a customer to go with my business. Yeah, You know, um, I know there's one HVAC company here that's running commercials saying, if you buy an air conditioner, you get a heater for free. You just have to pay for installation. And I'm like, wow, that's a pretty darn good deal. I mean, if I needed that, I would go with them. You know what I mean? I would have never thought of that. So great advice. I love that. I actually love that a lot. That's awesome. And so, you know, it seems like you have a lot of amazing advice for marketers. Um, 
you do coaching as well. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits of having a coach? Yeah. So I don't, I don't do, I don't do as much coaching myself personally, but I've built a coaching team. So I have eight or nine coaches. Actually today was my coaching day with them or coaching time with them. So I spent, you know, I spend an hour or two with them a month, helping them coach some of our students and coach some of our our clients. So I've built out a scalable coaching program and um, we have thousands of students that run through it that I'm not their personal coach, but they are. Um, As far as benefits to a coach, I mean, that's just so big. I remember when I first started hiring coaches and people were like, uh, well, aren't you, aren't you motivated enough? I've never hired for motivation. Like that's, that's not my deal. Um, I've hired for, the solving of specific problems or the learning of specific skills. And so, for example, grant, you know, when I, when I first, when I I went to my very first grant event, Grant Cardone event, you know, he had over 30,000 people there. I want to know how to get 30,000 people to an event. So Mm -hmm. I I get the number to his right-hand man, Jared. I'm like, Hey man, how much for his coaching? He's like hundred grand. I'm like, Okay, let's do it. And and so, you know, like I, I hire very specific, you know, because I want to I want to get to where I want to go faster. And, you know, and yeah, I'm hungry enough to learn all this stuff on my own. But I, I have to estimate that I've shaved 10 years off my learning curve by, mm-hmm. by hiring the right people. One of my coaches right now is John Asaraf from The Secret. Oh, and my gosh. I met him at Traffic and Conversion Summit. He's amazing. He, he is, is amazing. He's, he's so good because he has, he is so smart when it comes to processes. And then he also also happens to be amazing at brain science and amazing at abundance and mindset. Like, I mean, he's, he's really the full package. And so, you know, we, um, you know, he, he's helped me tremendously of how to better look at the stats for my marketing, how to better look at my advertising for my marketing and, you know, how to get out of my way in in certain things. And, and so like, for me, a coach is someone who's going to help you get to where you want to go faster. And time is, is um, much more scarce than, than money. And so, plus everything I learned from these coaches I'm going to our clients, our students and sharing stuff with them. So like literally everyone around me gets to up level while I am investing, you know, that money in me. And so it's, um, and there's nothing, I mean, we've done a lot of different things, you know, crypto life insurance, solar credits, there's a lot of different things. There's nothing. If you look pound for pound at investment, there's nothing I've ever done that got me a bigger return than investing in myself. Wow. No. And I agree with you. I mean, much to my husband's dismay, I spend a lot mm-hmm. of money on learning material and teaching oh, myself. Um, sure. You know, I, I'm working, but I'm always listening to something at the same time. Sure. And I know multitasking isn't always the best. And that's when I turn it off when I can't focus. But mm-hmm. I learn so much by listening to people that are smarter than I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and John Asaroff is definitely one of those people. Um, I think it's his neuro gym. Um, yeah, it's his company. Yep. 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 Um, but I know he has a new product out that's, that's supposed to change your mentality about money and how you think yep. of things and stuff like that. So brilliant, brilliant guy. I know I've bought a lot of his products in the past too. He's just amazing, wicked smart. So yes. that that's nice that, uh, nice to know that I'm on the right path as far as people to, to listen and watch. So that's great. So as far as, you know, anything else is 
you know, that you can think of that would be good for our listeners to know as far as getting ahead in, in today's social media or content? Can you think of any other tips or strategies? Oh, I know what I was going to ask. Um, as far as YouTube videos and optimization, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I've been doing SEO search engine optimization for 23 years. And yeah. I know there's two tools that are recommended VidIQ or TubeBuddy. Do you use either one of those and which ones do you recommend? And if so, why? So I, um, I actually have a company that does my YouTube stuff. Okay. And, um, and so I get advice from my friend, Evan Carmichael, but I actually don't, I'm not doing any of the techie stuff. I'm doing the shooting. So I'll go into a studio, I'll do all 20 in one day. They'll take it, edit it, do all their fancy schmance, you know, with and drip it out and everything. Um, and so, but I, I've heard good things about both of those. Both. I mean, I've heard Evan, you know, who he has, he has over 3 million subscribers. He, he loves both of those, those tools. Yeah. Cause I've used, I've used both and, you know, okay. it's like, I, you know, as an SEO, I like them both too. I just yeah. didn't know for sure if you had a preference as far as which one yeah. you would recommend to people. I mean, I think, I think if you're looking for, you know, one last tip, I would say, <clears throat> the key, the key to all in life is consistency. It, it just is no matter personal business. You know, when I started meditation, I did it all wrong. And I mean, I had literally nine months of doing it every day over an hour a day, still learning things, still learning little tweaks to, to make it more powerful. And, um, but there's, there's two camps of, there's two categories of people when it comes to consistency. Okay. So Brene Brown says you either live in your story or you hustle your face off outside of your story to prove your self-worth. So that was me for most of my life. So most of my life, my accolades and all the things that I did were actually my coping mechanism because I didn't like me. And so some people who are action oriented, they're usually telling people just do it, right? Just go out there and do it. And they're just, that's just their coping mechanism. They ain't even doing it. They're doing it on autopilot, right? So they're not actually making a conscious choice to take action. They're doing it because that's their coping mechanism. And I know right. that because that was me. The second- that's a lot camp, of people, I think too. It's a lot of people you would you might run into. It's a small percentage of the population. It's probably 5%, 4% maybe. Um, <clears throat> the rest of people, the reason they're not consistent is they've drawn the wrong conclusion to success. So they had a parent that was successful that ignored them, or they had a parent that succeeded then failed, or they had, you know, some kind of wrong conclusion to success. And so you telling them to do it is fighting a, an, a, a program that's been in their head since they were a kid. You will never, you will not overcome that. And so people will go like this. They'll go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. They don't know why. But the pattern is revealing of what it is that you actually think about success, whether success is losing weight, whether it's a great relationship, whether it's business, whatever. And so, you know, I've um, I've I've had to figure out both camps because I went from uh, autopilot action taking, go make money, crush it to becoming more aware, which made my actions a little tougher and it's like, okay, well, I had to figure out a couple of different things there uh, for, for me to finally have joy, fulfillment, happiness, and, and feel good in my own skin and be comfortable around others, not have social anxiety. And so know that if you're listening to this and you're not consistent, it's not that you're lazy. It's just that you've drawn the wrong conclusion to success. And if you're, you know, 
just an action taking machine, um, but you're not happy, then maybe your action is a coping mechanism and there's hope there was for me. (laughs) That's great. No, I love that. That's awesome. No, definitely the world of business and entrepreneurship and it's complex and it's definitely challenging at times. So this has been great. I really appreciate everything that you shared. Um, I do typically have one last question that I ask people ask my guests. And one of the things I believe is that if you don't make mistakes, you're not doing something right because I believe you learn from mistakes. What's one marketing mistake or business mistake that you've made that, and what do you think we can learn from that mistake? Uh, I mean, I would, I would say the biggest mistake I made as, um, you know, as an entrepreneur was not tracking. So for example, in real estate, I mean, I'm moving 10 to 12 houses a month, just killing it. And sometimes I'm making 75,000 a house, sometimes 12,000 a house, but I was just, just killing it. Mm -hmm. And so like it was in a hot market, you know, it's not like, you know, I didn't have some amazing thing. I was just a hot market. And, um, and I was doing direct mail. Um, so I was dropping 30 grand a month in direct mail. I was dropping, I had radio ads. I was doing, uh, five different station, 10 radio ads a day. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a used U-Haul that would drive around that was vinyl wrapped up. I had stadium cushions. I had pharmacy bags. I had, you know, like, I, I mean, I had every time, I didn't track any of it. Every time I didn't of track marketing, it. but you didn't keep track of where. Yeah. Was so it- like everything had the same URL, right? So I was running radio jingles and it was like, sell your house to rate.com. Right. And it would run everything used the same URL. I don't know where actual sales are coming from. So when sales dropped, I didn't know what to cut. And so it was working as I started cutting, like sales started plummeting. So the market crashed and my sales crashed at the same time. And I, I didn't know what to keep. I didn't know what was making me money. And so tracking is such a big deal. That was my humongous mistake early on. Wow. That's great advice. And I don't think a lot of people track enough. There's different ways that you can create tracking URLs in Google and even, you know, using redirect URLs, you can, you know, track those in Google analytics. So definitely tracking is important. It's a little bit harder when you're printing out plastic bags, but you know, there's, you know, forward slash, there could be a URL there. Yeah. 10 bucks a year for a different domain. Not a big deal. I didn't do any of that. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I love it. Perfect. Well, I have been I've learned so much and mm-hmm. I'm excited to I'm so excited and happy that you could join us today and I appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. So thank you so much for being here and I hope to have you back again sometime. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great day and thank you for joining us on another edition of the Marketing Plan Podcast and we will be back again soon. Thanks.